0: Hi, this is Lori, your host of Happiness Hangout, a space to come and elevate your happiness levels. You, me, and our guests will discuss and help you apply happiness to all aspects of your life, even if you're already happy. Get your daily boost of information to help you feel your best. Well, hi, everyone. This is Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout. Uh, very pleased to be with you this evening and to tell you that this is the first time that I have really ever done a part two of a series before um, with the same person. Um, We have Glenn Ambrose from Life Enhancement Services and we had such a lively discussion last time about uh, fear in relationships and core emotions people deal with in relationships that um, we had so many more questions that we decided we needed a part two. So we have Glenn Ambrose from Life Enhancement Services back on the show. And in case you missed part one, let me just tell you a little bit about him. Uh, he is the owner of Life Enhancement Services, as I mentioned. And Glenn is a life has a life coaching company based on the belief that happiness and fulfillment are there for you to have and is attainable by anyone. He is the host of his podcast, Life Lessons and Laughter with Glenn Ambrose. He's an inspirational speaker, spiritual advisor, and addiction specialist. Combining his international coaching certification with his finely tuned style of getting to the heart of the matter, he inspires the change that is necessary for a life of connected fulfillment. Welcome back, Glenn Ambrose, to the Happiness Hangout.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Well, so glad we had such good discussion uh, last time, and, and I'm thrilled for our listeners to be able to hear even more about the discussion around relationships. And And I want to do just a quick recap, of, if we can. Sure. Um, so, many, so many more questions here, but uh, we kind of ended with talking about what does a healthy relationship consist of? So can we jump back into that again and talk about how you envision a healthy relationship partnership, a relationship between two people who are in love?
1: Sure. Um, I'm, I'm not sure last time if I went over the, the, uh, the four way commitment that I like to kind of get down to, um,
0: let's do but, that again. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I'll Let me just, just recap it.
1: Yep. Sounds good. So what the way I look at it is to have any healthy relationship, um, is, you know, it's, it's kind of more obvious in a romantic situation although most relationships have a lot of similarities. But it, for, a, for a healthy relationship, you need four things. And the first is a 100% commitment to your own personal and spiritual growth. Uh, your partner has to have 100% commitment to their own personal and spiritual growth. And then I have to have a commitment to support them in their personal and spiritual growth 100%. And they have to commit to support me in my personal and spiritual growth 100%. And if you have those four commitments, then that sets the groundwork for a very healthy relationship. It, it, it kind of gets down to the nitty-gritty. If, if you go through those filters for every decision you're making, it simplifies things. Because, you know... Uh, no longer can somebody say, well, I'd, I'd like to go to the other side of the country for a month to work on myself. And then all of a sudden your partner go, well, i miss you. <laughs> you can't say that. You know, if you're supporting them 100 percent in their personal and spiritual growth, you need to support that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so, you know, we have to be supportive in. Supporting the other person as well as using that same level of commitment for our own growth. And if if we do that, if we put our decisions through those filters first, it does simplify things. And it gets us to the point where um, both parties are growing personally. They're becoming better versions of themselves because they have a commitment to their own personal growth. And then whenever something comes up, they have the 100 percent support from the other. So both parties are growing and becoming better versions of themselves. And then the energy in between them, which consists of both their energies, which we call the relationship, that relationship is just automatically going to get stronger because it's being fed healthier and healthier food coming from both directions.
0: Well, you know, that uh, that, of course, makes a lot of sense. And I can't help but think. Let's take it a step further today. What right. happen, What happens, because of course you're going to miss them, it's okay to say I'm going to miss you, but and I'm happy for you to do this because of all the things you just said for me so well, uh, Glenn. What happens if you get those situations where it isn't a good time for the partner to go? Like there's a lot of stress around the house, there's children growing up, children to be taken to so many things, and so many things going on that it isn't a good time. If you're really supporting that other person's spiritual growth, how, how are you supposed to deal with that? Isn't that kind of a, on, on this one hand on the, uh, but on the other hand, this, how, how are you <laughs> right. supposed to, de- how are you supposed to deal with that?
1: Well, basically it's, you know, this is a, it, it's kind of like working out when they say working out is a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle change. So, you know, it's – you have to truly believe in this. And now if you're walking uh, wholeheartedly in the direction of a positive solution, if both parties are on board and they're walking in the direction and they're, they're sitting down and having conversations that sound a little bit like, okay, you know, this seems like on the surface this would be really good thing for your personal and spiritual growth. How can we see – how can we make this happen? You know, how, how can everybody get what they need and still you be able to go? You know, this I, I truly believe that uh, when we're kind of stuck in an old mindset right now, and I believe we're on our way out of it. And that old mindset is that we have to sacrifice ourselves to benefit others and we don't have to sacrifice ourselves. That's not what it's about. Because energetically, that just doesn't work. If I, if I sacrifice 25% of my energy or myself to give somebody else 25% of my energy, and so they gain 25 and I lose 25, that means we haven't made any ground at all. We haven't moved forward. We've stayed exactly the same. We've just shifted who's got the energy. So if in, a, in a universe that is constantly expanding and growing, And becoming better that that is our nature as well so we're not supposed to be sacrificing ourselves to to benefit others we can guide them and help them and show them ways but we don't need to sacrifice so with that type of mentality if you're looking to to find a, a what works for everyone in that group if you're walking towards a solution you'll find one and if the solution is you know what, we don't go this year, you know, you don't go this year, you go next year, or you go six months from now, or you take this course over here instead, that kind of has a shorter version, or you take it online, or, you know, it's amazing what we can find if we're looking, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll find a solution that will support us, because the universe is there to support us. So there is a solution. There is a solution that will benefit us. We just need to look forward and find it because the universe benefits. If, if I grow personally, my vibrational rate raises and therefore the collective rate raises. Right. So, so by my personal growth, the universe grows. So that means I have the, the power and the strength and the ingenuity of the universe supporting me in this, you know? So if our goals are clear, and we're really walking towards them with love and, and the, the thought of self improvement, we'll find a way the universe will move mountains for us to get there, you know, and, and, you know, just to, to kind of put it into, I know I talk a lot of spirituality and, and, and uh, energy and stuff. So to bring it back into a little bit of reality frame, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes we have to put things off the next year. <laughs> you know sometimes right. that's the best solution. So, so, yeah, we do have to have conversations and work together towards a solution that works for everyone in that in that
0: situation, okay. And you know, it's interesting. I mean, compromise, I, I don't know why I've grown to hate the word, but I really just do. <laughs> I, I, I hate it. and and i and I hate to use that word. I did it again. but it's yeah. really it's really, um, I've learned to try to open up my my mind in a way that says there's a lot of options here that I could really work with and like, um, I think when I put my mindset there and I know that other things are good too, if I'm not so strict and stringent on, it can only be this way. I can only go away for a month to India to meditate with the gurus, you know, versus, (laughs) you know, versus, well, okay. Okay. Let's make a plan to do that, but to to get you going, how about let's start here so that way you can do these other things too, like, you know, help with the family if that's what need be. You're you're going, (coughs) excuse me, you're going, but we've got to get you on the path. And a lot of times, I think it's us too. I mean, if we're not open enough to realize we can't have everything our way all the time, then that's an issue too. So I, I guess I've learned to look at a lot of options and go, you know what? I, I could do any of those three because if I don't, then I set myself up for hurt, And then I set up my partner for having to be in a position to look like the bad, in my circumstance, the bad guy.
1: Right, absolutely. And and that's, you know, that it, it was very well said. You, you know, you open-mindedness is is a big thing. You know, I, I've gone to a... A um, retreat uh, in uh, a in, in the Berkshires in Massachusetts years ago, and Michael Bernard Beckwith was there, and with his wife Ricky. And one of the things that they had us do, when they said, when you go home, do the Alice in Wonderland exercise, which is uh, repeating the six impossible things before breakfast. So, and it's a it's an exercise to expand your mind because at the Al- at the end of Alice in Wonderland, she's trying to slay this Jabberwocky. And she can't even wrap her brain around the fact that she's a little girl and she's going to kill this gigantic dragon thing. You know, she couldn't wrap her brain around it. So what she started doing was repeating the six impossible things that happened to her before breakfast. You know, oh, I had tea with a rabbit and and these things that I fell down a magic hole. You know, these things that couldn't happen, but yet she experienced them. So what Mm -hmm. she was doing was expanding her mind to be able to fit in the idea that maybe she can slay the Jabberwocky. And so it's a great exercise that we can do in our in our lives to train our brain to stretch and go, you know what? Just because I think that I'm really smart doesn't mean that I have all the options in front of me, you know? And, and understanding that that the universe or God or anything you believe in can literally move mountains and create situations for things to work out if it's in your highest good so a, so to give, yeah to give the universe a little bit of room to work beyond our small perspective
0: that's a really cool technique i never mm. really heard about that before so so maybe to translate it you know too maybe you think of what are the what are the th- four things that have happened in my life that's that I never thought could happen. And that's, I guess, another way to do it too. You know? Um, yeah, I've got at least one of those that popped in my head. that was really major. And I think even thinking of, of one or two is really good. So thank you for that technique. Um, we also, I don't know if we got into self love too much, but self love really connects with what you just said with in terms of, I really need to go to, you know, see the gurus in India. Um, is part of self-love because you're doing what you need to grow. When you grow, like you said, you become the best person possible. And your partner wants that, believe me. Even Mm -hmm. if at the moment, you know, you get so caught up in running the kids around, doing a million things. Today I started work at 5.45 a.m. And, you know, I love what I'm doing. And I think, oh, 12 hours, you know, which is great. And at the same time, I know how I am. I will go, 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 go. And then there will be a point where I will hit the wall. And I'll literally need to like really chill out. So so I'm, you know, dealing with that pattern that I have and saying, you know, should we go back to eight hours? <laughs> you know, <laughs> should I, you know, I'm at seven days a week right now and and I guess I can do it till I don't feel like I'm loving it anymore. So you really have to know yourself and you have to respect yourself and what you need. Um, but you can again, get caught up in all those day-to-day things, um, that are put upon you either from other people or yourself. And then what, you know, and then when it comes time for self love and high self esteem, you know, those things are so important. And I, I guess it's, you know, a lot of it is isn't having the right partner, too. Um, you If you can do those things for yourself and you attract the right partner, if you're not with the right partner, you begin to know that it's not the right partner. And that gets real scary for some people. Because all of a sudden they're asking for their month in India or whatever it is, or they're asking for their weekend golf outing or their girls' week, you know, at the beach or whatever, and they're not getting it. And time and time things go like this and if you are really growing you become to realize a i have a partner that's not working for me b i i do i might have a partner that works for me i just haven't really talked about it or c i i definitely have the right partner you know so <laughs> it's like isn't that scary i mean how, how, when you when you work with people do you come across that and how do you how do you help people allow themselves to self love and raise their self esteem especially when they're in situations where they don't have or they don't know if they have the right partner in their life.
1: Well, a lot of it is, you know, if, if we think about the beginning of, of somebody kind of waking up and deciding they need to do something to bring more happiness into their lives, it's kind of like an infancy stage. So so generally, and, and I, I think this kind of plays into, I think there's a large shift going on right now and it's been going on for a while and people are waking up going wait a minute I'm not happy and fulfilled I I think I should be (laughs) you know so they're waking up and generally the first thing that they do is they look at the person lying next to them and they go must be your fault you know just because that's our habit that's generally what we do we blame it on somebody else you know, that that's how we got ourselves into the place where we weren't happy in the first place. Then a lot of people will get divorced and things like that. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, I'm still not happy. That's because happiness is an inside job. So when I come across the somebody that's in this situation, usually unless it's a, a, you know, a violent or abusive situation that that is unhealthy, um, usually I tell them, don't make a move now, just focus on yourself. And the reason I say that is because of what you just said, because it is going to become glaringly obvious, the healthier you get, whether you're with the right person, whether you're not, Mm -hmm. you know, it becomes glaringly obvious, the healthier you get, the larger differential, the, you know, it gets between you and your partner. So we don't have to run around and, you know, uh, they must not be the right one. I, I don't think they're the right one. I think that, well, they don't do this. They don't, And it's, it's too fast. It's too much. And a lot of times there's a level of stability in your life when you're in a marriage. So maybe it unhealthy, you know, that like you kind of settled into a system where you got a roof over your head. The kids are fed. And OK, now you want more out of your life. Well, sometimes that's the best situation to just kind of go, Okay, wait a minute, no huge exterior changes. I'm going to turn inside. I've kind of got my life in a rhythm. It's not a happy rhythm, but it's my 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 rock bottom fundamentals are being met. I can sleep and eat without, you know, (laughs) without freaking out. So that loosens up, frees up some energy for you to focus on yourself and work on yourself. You know, and then as we can raise our self-esteem, I tell my clients, if you'd like to raise your self-esteem, do esteemable things. You know, it sounds simple, but do esteemable things. Well, you know, what do you like? Do you like flowers? Then, you know, pull over on the side of the road and pick some on the way home or stop and spend five bucks on a little bouquet, you know, once a week and put it on your kitchen table. Uh, Do you like to take bubble baths? Go take a bubble bath. That's one of the most wonderful, almost free things, <laughs> you know, that mm-hmm. you can do in your own home. Um, get a massage, you know, get a manicure, do do whatever, sit in the sun and read for a half an hour. Do anything that brings you joy. That, and, you know, also, I, I recommend bringing in meditation to absolutely everybody, but whether they're meditating or whether they're buying flowers or sitting there reading it doesn't really matter what you do if you tell yourself i am taking time out of my day to do this for myself because i love myself if you just do that that sets the intention of whatever you're doing so for for the meditation example let's say you set aside 10 minutes to meditate and you go, I am sitting here and I am doing this, taking 10 mi- minutes out of my day to try to slow my mind down because I love myself. And then you sit there and your mind races for 10 minutes and then the buzzer goes off and you go about your life. You will still get something out of that because it was an act of self-love because you set that intention before you did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what that's what um, the universe, that's what our inner this response to it responds to our intentions it responds to our efforts we don't have to do anything perfectly to be accepted and loved you know we just have to put the intention and and we'll receive that love
0: well wonderful advice there um i want to get to a little more later about you know when to leave we'll do that a little later but let's talk more about um priorities you know i've mentioned about you know here you are, the two of you, you're having a great time, kids come along, everything changes, work gets crazy, somebody gets sick, family member gets sick, all these things happen. Um, these are the kind of priorities that can change your life, right? So yes. so how do we deal, You know, how do we get through when other things come up that sort of take away from you and your partner? Well,
1: that to me is, is uh brings us right into what i think is a real definition of balance you know a lot of times people think of balance and they say well you know i I should have 33 percent of three things and that's not balance because that's not life we live in an ever ever changing reality so things happen things come up so balance should look more like uh you know some if if uh, a family member gets sick You might have to take a day out of work and 90 percent of your energy might go to that sick child and 10 percent might go to other people in the family or maybe a little bit to work. And then but the trick is, is to get back, you know, once what happens is we're such habitual beings that, you know, we put uh, oftentimes it's kind of the opposite where people get caught up is uh, when they when they start overly focusing on work you know, all of a sudden work comes up and you go, oh, okay, well, I need to work overtime this week. Okay. Sometimes that happens. So you work overtime that week. And then all of a sudden something else comes up and something else comes up and something else comes up and you never get back to your regular hours, you know, and it, Mm -hmm. it just becomes a habit. And that's why living consciously is so important. We have to slow our lives down and live consciously and if we if work requires a little bit more of us that's okay it can get a little bit more of us but it's got to be temporary and as soon as that ends we need to get back and we have to take responsibility for our own lives you know it's the the work taking more of you we don't I I don't believe in our society. We really understand what that means that that most people think that's when, if the boss asks you to work overtime, that means that work is requiring more of you. And there's so much fear in the workplace. Now it's like, uh, on my website, I wrote an article because somebody, somebody recommended, I had told them this story about the three jobs I had before I went, um, Uh, full-time with my life coaching and everything Um, when I moved up from Florida was the three jobs I had every one of my bosses at one time or another said um, Glenn you have to uh, we have a mandatory meeting uh, at this time and it was during the one of the times that I was to spend with my son I was divorced since my son was very young he was with me four or five days a week so I saw him regularly but that was my set time, and that's when, when, when I saw him, and that was my number one priority. So they said, well, you know, you, you need to – we have a mandatory meeting. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I won't be there. Um, I'm going to be with my son at that time. And they all said, well, do you understand what mandatory is? <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah. I said, yeah, I understand. I said, but, you know, what you think is mandatory, what I think is mandatory is different. To me, it's mandatory that I go spend time with my son. He's looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. That's a number one priority in my life. So I'm going to spend time with my son. And the first time I did it, my boss said, Well, you understand that you could be fired. And I said, Yeah. I said, You know, I understand that you guys have the right to fire me for whatever reason you choose. So, and I was about to leave. So I just looked at him and I said, Well, I've got to head out. So, does, am I definitely fired? Because if I'm definitely fired, I'm just gonna take my stuff so I don't have to come back. If if you guys gotta discuss it to find out if I'm fired, then I'll just leave my stuff here and I'll come back if I need to. And he's looking at me like I got three heads.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: And he thought I was joking or something. And he's like, well, no, we'd, we'd have to discuss it. And I said, oh, okay, well, if it's not definite, then I'll just leave my stuff here. And I was like, well, let me know. And I had, grabbed my keys and I left. But I, the, re, the way I did it, though, was just self-love. I wasn't frustrated. I wasn't angry. I wasn't taking it personally. I wasn't standing up for the establishment. I wasn't fighting. I was just stating my mm-hmm. self-love. You no, know, this is what's important in my life and this is what I'm doing. And that made a big difference on how they received it. you know. And all three of the times that I did it, I never got fired, (laughs) and every job that I left, by the time I left, every one of my bosses had made a comment about how they respected me as a father. Really? Absolutely. Did
0: did that cause issues with other people who said, if he doesn't have to go, why do I have to go, or did that not come up because it really wasn't discussed?
1: Uh, I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't my concern,
0: you know. Oh, and, and so that that wasn't brought up to you or, or employees didn't throw that back in your face, you're saying?
1: No, no, right. no, I never. I mean, I, I know some of the meetings get changed to other times. And all of mm-hmm. a sudden, the, you know, my bosses were like, OK, that's one thing that's not going to be moved. Maybe we can push everybody else around. We're going to have to work around one schedule. I, I, I think one or two of them may have taken that attitude a little bit. And accommodated me with the schedule, Um, and maybe. But I guarantee you, there was somebody else there that was probably losing time with their children, but didn't say it. Yep. You know, that's just that they have so much power over us, but they they don't have that much power. You know, the way I looked at it was, you know, I have to be realistic. I truly believe that I'm a spiritual realist. I'm, I'm very realistic, and at that time, I. Each of those jobs, it flashed through me very quickly. Am I willing to lose my job over this? Of course. And I and I was like, oh, absolutely, because well, it's it's what I'm doing. This is my priority, and this is what I'm doing. And as far as the job, um, I'm intelligent, capable. I'll go find another. I, I just didn't have fear that I couldn't get a job. I see. Well, no, that's
0: right. That does help a lot money, because yeah. it's coming down to money and fear. Well, it comes down to fear, like we talked about before. Everything at the base is fear. So if you don't have that, then you're okay. So that's that's
1: your, right. You can make your decisions out of love because at the end of the day, that's just such a beautiful way to live your life. It, whenever you have a decision to make, look at it and say, you know, if you want to simplify to get to the truth, you simplify You know, to complicate gets further from the truth. So simplify it, write down whatever decision you have. Am I making this decision out of fear or am I making it out of love? And you'll find the right answer for you at the bottom of that. You know, for me, I was making the decision out of love. So I was going to go self-love and as well as love for my son, as opposed to fear. I would have had to have decided from fear to have gone to the meeting.
0: Right. Oh, that's a great story. So, so you know, we have to have our priorities obviously together, and um, and kind of take it from there and live your life. So, so as we you know we go about these priorities and and we're figuring it all out. Uh, I'm gonna get to the dirty stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. this was the tough part. I want to talk a little bit about um, dealing with um, a. a when a person doesn't have that self-love and they don't have that self-esteem, I'm assuming from what I know that when you don't have those things, these other things can happen. Like being addicted to a relationship um, and with all that comes hate and blame and sorrow and aggravation and impatience and, you know, a lot of that, you know, I'm sure your clients have that. We run into to that all the time and I see it not in my relationship, of course, I, I wouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I used to. But uh, but around me, I see that. So when all that ugliness comes in, um, you know, dealing with, you know, knowing when that's happening and when to say goodbye, what comments or thoughts do you have around all of that?
1: Well, it's the it it really depends on the situation you know because i mean if you're if you're in a a lot of times I'll be dealing with people that are in relationships uh, but they're not locked in like they're not living together they're not married things like that and when it's like that it's a lot easier because it's you know <laughs> they'll they'll come in and they'll say well um you know, this is happening in my relationship. And I go, oh, okay, so you're in an unhealthy relationship. And they'll they'll be like, you know, usually it's kind of a shock at first. But, yeah, okay, we talk about it. Yeah, they see it. Yes, I'm in an unhealthy relationship. So, okay, well, as long as you're in that, then you're going to have problems. Uh, because it's just that toxic, you know. You can just see both sides and just... It, There's nothing to work through. It's just, you know, oil and water at this point. They've been together a while. It's just unhealthy. So then they'll come back, you know, two weeks later, and they'll be like, oh, do you believe he did this? Do you believe she did this? Yeah, yeah, I I completely believe that. (laughs) You're in an unhealthy relationship. Unhealthy things happen within unhealthy relationships. That's why they're unhealthy. So if you would like the drama to stop you need to get out of the relationship. You know, I mean, it's and then, you know, two weeks later, they come back and you'll you, well, yeah, but you wait till you hear what he did and say so it doesn't matter This it, as long as you stay in an unhealthy situation, unhealthy things are going to occur, you know. So, I mean, in a situation like that, you have to get out. Um, but if you're tied in more, that's where my. You know, that's where the the realism kicks in, in my opinion. You know, it's like, oh, okay. I don't run around telling, you know, kicking people out of rowboats and going, well, you better learn how to swim. You know, we unless it is a, a violent situation, then our exterior life is a reflection of our interior life. So we need to fix ourselves. All work is inside work. We have to work on ourselves. And if, uh, you know, if you have uh, a a life with a relationship, a person, a relationship where you're in the same house and and it's dysfunctional, but it's not violent and stuff like that. And you can just take your energy and work on yourself for a little bit and get that self-esteem out. And then you're going to be able that's it's it's in a it's like your life is your laboratory. So you need to learn so if you don't learn there you're probably just going to go jump into another relationship and learn in that one so why not just learn where you are (laughs) you know you're already in something dysfunctional just sit there for a minute work on yourself and learn how to navigate it a little bit and once you get stronger and all of a sudden it's not it's not a traumatic leaving when you raised your self-esteem you know if If you haven't worked on somebody that has very low self-esteem, if they just leave a relationship, it's traumatic. They have no faith in themselves. They don't think that they can support themselves. They don't think that they'll ever find somebody again. They don't think, you know, all that stuff is part of having low self-esteem. So not only are they dealing with a broken relationship, but they're dealing with not having any faith in themselves and no hope for the future. It's just overwhelming. So if you can just work on yourself to stabilize your interior a little bit and then make this when you make the step out of that relationship, all of a sudden you're like you're confident. And, you know, and then a sidebar, I always tell people, we don't know the future. If sometimes people don't feel good living unhealthy. So let's say the woman in this relationship is working on herself and the the man has never even thought of working on himself because it's just never he never even knew there was another way to be and then all of a sudden she she starts being happy and, and he starts trying to to start a fight and she just won't bite and he doesn't know what the hell's happening and you know all mm-hmm. this stuff and then all of a sudden he he starts shifting and he starts interacting differently all of a sudden now you have a marriage that's been saved you know yeah. So we never know if we that's another um, benefit of staying in the relationship while you work on yourself, because you never know who's ready to awaken and who's not ready to awaken until they're given the opportunity, you know. So as as you light your fire and burn brighter yourself, that fire can kind of bleed over onto them. And if they're ready, they will ignite off of you. If they're not, then they won't. And then you'll end up leaving. And it really won't be that traumatic because You'll have faith in yourself and you'll know it's the right thing to do. And it'll really be somewhat effortless on your part.
0: You know, I, I, well, that's exactly what I did, but it's funny how, um, people, and I talk about this a lot, being in the same relationship over and over and over again, (laughs) different person. Sometimes, you know, the bottom line is it always ends and you know, in my book, I talk about going through this journey. It's what my book is about is actually going through the journey. So, so it's so interesting to be in the same one over and over again. That's so a couple of thoughts there. Also, I think about, you know, you have to be ready. Some people are so terrified of change that they don't even want to do it. And, and that's why they come to people like you, Glenn, because, you know, We talk about this a lot um, in my conference calls when I work with other relationship experts and we talk and they say, you know, there's a point where people just open their eyes to it a little bit. They want to learn, but they're not at the point where they're where they will actually do something about it. They won't go to a life coach, a counselor, a therapist, a dating relationship, you know, expert, whatever it might be, because there, it takes a while to get to that process where you're really ready to stand in front of another person and say, even, I don't know what's wrong with me. That even takes a big step. So some people, it takes a while to even get there. And that's the issue. But I think sometimes step by step, baby steps, that's how it was for me and my personal growth through my years. And when they get to you, I kind of wonder if maybe they might be closer to it than they think because they've actually made the move to go see someone. Do you find uh-huh. your, you find people when they get to that point that oftentimes they they've they're 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 so desperate they're going to actually go talk to somebody about it, and <laughs> right? You you know which is a big deal to a lot of people. Um, and, and do you think that that often is the point where they might be ready to make a change, or do you have people come to you that are completely still not there? They're just going because they they know they're miserable.
1: Um, well, uh, I guess, I guess it kind of depends on how you look at it. It, it, Like to me, if you know you're miserable, then 90% of the time you're looking for change. You know, it's just that awareness that that you're even miserable. Like, you know, it's, it's the uh, mentality of uh, what that we see in addiction, you know, admitting it is the first step, you know? So Mm -hmm. if you can look at your life and say, I'm miserable, Mm -hmm. that's huge that's, that's wonderful. You know, you're no longer rationalizing your behaviors and your reality. Right. So, you know, so to me, that's, you know, they're, they're pretty much open. Um, So I think what I see is, which is a version of what you just said is most of the time when they, when somebody comes to see me, they're usually ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And because like you said, they took that first step. Now, every once in a while, I, I I love getting to the core of stuff. I love shifting something way deep down inside that's at the core and then watching the 32,000 things that were touched because of that shift along with it. I mean, I, I just get a kick out of that. That's why I love getting to the core of things because when, mm-hmm. when you can get to the, you know, like if you can, um, get to the core of like, I, I'm i not good enough. And then you shift somebody's I'm not good enough into I love myself. If you can do that, their career takes off, their romance takes off, their relationship with their kids takes off that, you know, like every aspect of their life is enhanced because of, of that one core issue oftentimes. So, so I like getting deep down and, and when I, when I go at it, I, I say things out of love, so and for people's best interest. That's why I feel that I say amazingly rude things to people on a daily basis, and nobody ever gets offended. (laughs) You know, because Mm -hmm. I'm saying it out of love, and they can feel that, and they know that. You know, Mm -hmm. if anybody else said some of the things that I say, they would be completely offended. (laughs) But but they can feel that it's coming out of love, and it's for their self betterment. So 90% of the time, it goes wonderful. You know, if there's even a crack there, I can usually get in and help. Every mm-hmm. once in a while, all of a sudden, when you start pressing somebody's buttons, and this happens very rarely, surprisingly, I would think that it happened happen more. But when you start pressing somebody's triggers and, and, you know, digging around in there, it can be painful. Every once in a while, you hit somebody that just closes right up they just panic because they get a glimpse of what's inside of them and it's a little bit too real for them to deal with. And those people usually I just never see again (laughs) for Uh, for a while, for a while. And then you, then, but what's cool is that's happened a few times over the years. And most of the time there might've been one or two that never came back, but most of the time, the ones that that happened to, Six months later, a year later, two years later, I get a phone call and now they've experienced more misery and they're really sick and tired of being sick and tired and they can't take the pain anymore. And they go, Glenn, I'm sorry that, you know, I just disappeared off the map. I'm like, no problem. They're like, but I knew who to call when I was ready. I wasn't ready. Now I'm ready. Right. You know, so it's beautiful.
0: Well, you know, and I, I've come to terms with this. And the way I put it in terms of saying, accept the fact that we're all human. We all have flaws. We're supposed to have flaws. We're we're not supposed to be perfect. That's not how it works. And those striving to be perfect end up with their own mental issues. So if if I can accept the fact that I'm human and have flaws, either someone else is going to love my well, not only will they tolerate them, they may love the flaws what I see as flaws, they may not, they may see as that's cute or that's sweet, or I don't even notice that kind of thing or, uh, whatever it is. Okay. You're human. So go with that. Why not love yourself? If you're supposed to be flawed, you work on things you want to work on or things that will help you be, you know, grow and everything else is what it is. And somebody is typically what I found when I had, I call it a metamorphosis, um, my entire being changed. I was always had a sense of humor. I always loved to, sm- well, no, not always. I liked to smile for many, many, many years now, but until that all like came together and self love came on top of it, um, I felt myself change and I felt people, whoever was gravitating towards me, whether it was romantic relationships, career stuff, friends, people gravitating towards that. I wasn't planning on that. But it happens. So it says to me that if you just accept the flaws, be the best person you can be, have fun. All kinds of people want to be around you. And then you you kind of well, honestly, you choose you choose who's best for you in your life. So how can you go wrong if you just look at it that way is how I right. thought about it?
1: <coughs> right. It's and it's true. It's it's our vibrational You know, we, we all have an energy about us. Like we've, we've all walked into a room when, when there was a couple arguing right before we walked in and you can feel the energy in there. Mm -hmm. You just walk in, you go, Ooh, I think I want to leave, you know? So that, that's an, that's an energy about what was transpiring in that that room coming off those two people. So we all have an energy about us and we can read that energy a lot better than we give ourselves credit for because we do it on. We're constantly doing it. We just do it unconsciously. So we don't even know we're doing it, but it's, so we do, we attract and it's almost like, and I don't really like saying it like this, so I'm going to have to find another way to say it, but it's, it's almost like to me, it's almost like having, um, uh, I'll say a, I'm an unconscious repellent. So when I'm sitting there, it, the 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 brighter I burn and the higher I raise my vibration, the happier I am, the more I love myself, the less unconscious people come near me. And when right. they when they do, they feel really uncomfortable around me, and they don't like being around me. They don't like it because they can mm-hmm. feel the differential in the vibration. Yes. I mean, you know, and when I was a child, I actually felt that with my parents. When I was like around 18, I was at a very low point in my life. And and uh, I mean, I was a complete mess and moved out. And I was looking for a reason to get my parents out of my life because they were really good people. And they every time I was near them, they made me feel like crap about myself. Now, I didn't understand this at the time. I just thought I hated them. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what it was was, but then after I woke up many years later, all of a sudden I look back on that and I go, oh, I know what that was. That was vibrational. It mm-hmm. was that you know they were good people and they knew deep down I was a good person, and every time I was around them, I could feel that, and I knew that I was. I was acting like a bad person. I was making bad choices. I was living my life very destructively and I didn't feel good about myself deep down. And every time I was around them, it just magnified that feeling. So I just wrote them out of my life. My father said something I didn't like one day and I was, I was literally waiting for like a month for him to say the wrong thing so mm-hmm, I could tell mm-hmm. him to get out of my life. Finally, he did. And I wrote him a letter and said, you're out. And I didn't talk to my parents for almost a year Um, and living in the same small town. It's just I just wrote them out, you know, Um, and it was it was because, you know, it felt too incongruent. And it's so when the other thing I wanted to touch on was when you were talking about us being um, human and not perfect, I was like, exactly, we're not perfect in the human sense, you know, because we live in an ever-changing reality down here. Everything changes down here. And, and we, you know, there, there's an unconscious thing that we think we're supposed to be perfect in a world that's constantly changing and evolving and, and ups and downs and experiences. And there is no perfection in a world like that. So we can't be perfect. So we can never live up to that, which speaks to your point. The other aspect of that, though, is what what I like and where a lot of my self esteem comes from is I anchor myself in the reality that I am perfect in my soul. I am perfection. I I am I. The way I phrase it is, I'm I'm a God whisperer. You know, I, I heard it said this way once that that God had a craving to create something. It was just sitting around. And it was like, oh, I. I have this inner urge, this, this desire to create. I, I need to create something. And then all of a sudden, just focused, and there were you. You were there. He created you. And you satisfied the creative urge of God. That's how powerful you are. That's how important you are. That's how special you are. That's how perfect you are. And I love that. I love thinking of myself as that. I'm a mm-hmm. perfect creation of God Deep down in my spiritual self My spiritual being Now I took my spiritual essence And it came down And got a meat suit. We'll call a body And I'm having all these human experiences Now on the human level I can't be perfect There's, there's no perfection to be had <laughs> You know in this ever changing reality But in my, my soul is perfect So deep down, I'm perfection, but for me to expect that in in an ever-changing world in any capacity, in a person or a thing, on on this human realm, it's unrealistic.
0: Well, you know, that's a perfect way to... end our show today because as I uh, figured we would uh, we're almost over time and I wasn't even sure we're gonna make (laughs) the whole time so of course we did it but that's a beautiful way to end it uh, for a person to think of it in the way that they see it and uh, your way was definitely beautiful so uh, Glenn Ambrose of Life Enhancement Services thank you for joining me today and uh, really quickly if you could tell the folks how to reach you
1: sure Um, You can reach me at life-enhancement-services.com or Glenn Ambrose, Glenn with two N's, uh, glennambrose.com. Either one will take you to my website. And really, that's the best way to access uh, my podcast, uh, my email, my phone number, and get in touch with me. Whether And I work in person, phone, Skype. So no matter where you are, you know, we we can get in touch and and begin this this work if if it's uh, what you're ready for.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you. And uh, this is Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout. If you want to find me, just go to www.happinesshangout.net. You can sign up for my Happiness Hangout quick reads, my bi-monthly quick reads as I deal with happiness in relationships, and along with gratitude, self-esteem, and humor in those relationships. So thanks again, Glenn, for joining me for the second time, and we've had a great time again on the Happiness Hangout, and we'll see you next time. Hi, this is your host, Lori. Want to get more happiness? Check out all the free readings, activities, and my blog at my website. Want to learn how to deal with life's challenges from your positive core? Check out Empowering Yourself to Happiness class, done totally online. You can find it all at www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net Come explore and feel better wherever you are. This is Lori Peters with the Happiness Hangout. I provide presentations on happiness and well-being to businesses, schools, and anyone involved in wellness and professional days. Check out tons of free resources and activities also at my website, www.happinesshangout.net. Feel better wherever you are. Help us grow the Happiness Hangout Show. Become a sponsor. Businesses and nonprofits get your info out there to thousands of my listeners all over the world for just pennies. Individuals can also sponsor one or more shows, and you get a shout-out to your favorite charity. Several packages available. Come see what you get and put out there what's important to you. Go to www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net for more information.